Welcome to the latest edition of the Cuban Connection. My name is Felix Chevalier. Uh, I appreciate you all listening in and, and watching. I'll be sharing with you the top 10 most frequently asked questions that I get about doing business in Cuba. Support for this program comes from the Digital Broadcasting Network, presenting podcasts and web series from everyday people who have an extraordinary passion to make the world a better place. Welcome to the next generation of broadcasting. So let's get started. So generally speaking, uh, the United States government has an embargo against Cuba. Embargo is a fancy way of saying can't operate uh, or do business with a particular country. Uh, there are very few countries around the world that the United States prevents U.S. companies from doing business with. Uh, the embargo really restricts trade, which is basically business, and restricts Americans from traveling to Cuba uh, unless they have specific permission to do so or general permission to do so. So uh, the general answer is you're, we're restricted from doing business with Cuba, but there are a ton of exceptions. And we have uh, what's known as general licenses that allow American entities do business in Cuba, and then you have specific licenses. Uh, the general licenses are very uh, few. Typically, it's around agriculture, um, uh, rice, and things of that nature that can be sold to Cuba, but those are, are, are very limited. Uh, the next category, uh, uh, which um, people have to look into when they are looking to uh, do business with Cuba is getting a specific license. So how do you get a specific license? What is a specific license? Where do you get one from? Uh, so let's step back and look at the big picture. There are basically three major departments within the U.S. government that controls trade uh, with Cuba. One is the State Department, that really deals with more diplomatic issues. Uh, then you have uh, the Treasury Department. Within the Treasury Department, there's an age, uh, office called the, uh, it's called OFAC for short, but uh, it stands for the Office of Foreign Assets and Control. Uh, OFAC controls uh, pretty much if you're looking to do any type of investments in Cuba, uh, that is the department that you deal with. If you are looking to export products to Cuba, you have to deal with the Department of Commerce. Within the Department of Commerce, there's an office called the Bureau of Industry and Security, and you have to get a, what they call a BIS, Bureau of Industry and Securities license, to export products. Or if you want to uh, have an investment in the Cuban uh, economy, then you have to get a license, a specific license, through OFAC, which again is the Office of Foreign Assets and Control. Um, uh, those uh, two agencies are the ones who primarily control uh, 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 the licenses. Uh, you basically, will, you can do it online, apply, um, and hope <laughs> that you are successful uh, in getting uh, the licenses. Uh, it does require quite a bit of research on your part. Uh, the government wants to know a lot of details, uh, what's going to be sold, who's financing it, what entities within the Cuban government you're going to be dealing with, not only at the highest level, but at the uh, uh, lower levels as well. The second question um, uh, that I often get is, are there currently any U.S. companies doing business in Cuba? And the answer is 
Yes. Uh, many of these companies are very well known. So if you look at the airline industry, uh, United Airlines, American Airlines, Southwest Airlines, Spirit Airlines, uh, and a number of other major U.S. Uh, airlines travel to and from not only Havana, which is the most popular uh, city on the island and the capital of, uh, of Cuba, but uh, many U.S. airlines fly to uh, various cities throughout the country. Uh, Google uh, is doing business with Cuba. Uh, Carnival Cruise Lines is doing business with Cuba. Uh, Marriott has a property uh, in Cuba as well. And then you also have a number of multinational co uh, companies uh, that have operations in the United States that are also uh, doing business in Cuba. So yes, there are U.S. companies that are doing business in Cuba. Uh, the next common question that I get, uh, this one I get pretty often, is what is the impact of the uh, uh, recent announcement that President Trump announced? Uh, that was on June the 16th. And you know his announcement was interesting because he said that he wants to do away with all of the um, various policies that President Obama implemented in normalizing the relations with Cuba. Uh, but when you look at the actual policy statement, it's there are only really two areas where President Trump really uh, made significant modifications. First, let me give you kind of a, a broader category. There are 12 categories in which uh, Americans can travel to Cuba. Uh, these are categories that fall under things such as uh, uh, journalistic purposes. If you want to go to Cuba uh, to do medical research, if you want to go there for religious reasons, humanitarian reasons, if you have family members, and uh, educational reasons. Uh, so there are 12 uh, licenses that allow Americans to go to Cuba. Uh, for those various reasons that I mentioned. Uh, and if you're not going to Cuba for one of those reasons, then you, then you have to get a specific license. So those 12 categories I mentioned all fall under the Office of Foreign Assets and Control that provide these general licenses for Americans to travel to Cuba. The one category that President Trump uh, uh, is looking to significantly modify is the what they call the people-to-people -people exchange. That is the, probably the most common um, license that Americans use to travel to Cuba. And he essentially is eliminating uh, the option for people to travel to Cuba um, on a people-to-people -people, uh, license from uh, individually. So you can go as a group, but you cannot uh, go individually, and that's you know that's going to have a, a certain effect. The other thing that uh, President Trump mentioned that is going to uh, have uh, serious ramifications on trade with uh, between the United States and Cuba is really going to be where he is restricting U.S. companies from interfacing with or dealing with uh, any Cuban entities that are either owned or run by the Cuban military. Uh, the Cuban military um, is involved in a variety of areas 
uh, within the Cuban economy, and the United States government is going to issue a number, uh, I'm going to issue a document that will uh, state specifically which Cuban entities uh, American companies cannot do business with uh, as a result of those entities uh, being owned and or operated by uh, the Cuban military. Um, interestingly enough, uh, a number of, uh, of the Cuban agencies that are run by the uh, Cuban military, uh, the administration has already allowed some exceptions uh, because, uh, for example, uh, ports. The Cuban military uh, is engaged with the ports uh, in Cuba. Uh, well, exceptions were allowed because a number of cruise liners have to uh, uh, send their vessels to the various ports so tourists can disembark and go on the island, and exceptions have already been uh, put in place. Uh, but overall, uh, business uh, between United States uh, and Cuba uh, has not been uh, stopped as a result of the new policy uh, statement issued by uh, President Trump. I think it's caused a little confusion, but overall, from a policy standpoint, uh, it is not stopping business. In 90 days from the date that the uh, uh, President Trump made his announcement is when uh, the U.S. government will issue the actual regulations that U.S. companies have to uh, abide by. Uh, the next question uh, I do here is, will the Cuban government uh, nationalize my business? Will they take over my business? Um, uh, the answer to that question is, I don't know, uh, but I seriously doubt it. Uh, of course, it's a legitimate question because uh, after Fidel Castro took over uh, the Cuban government in 1959, uh, a year or two later is when he nationalized a number of American uh, uh, company assets. ExxonMobil is probably the, the, the biggest example uh, where uh, the Cuban government took over one of ExxonMobil's uh, refineries. Uh, uh, Fidel Castro, uh, basically uh, set up shop at the uh, Hilton Hotel, which is now known as the Havana Libre. Uh, that was nationalized. Uh, many of us are familiar with uh, uh, the Bacardi uh, family. Uh, that was, uh, that originated in Cuba. Uh, and there are ongoing uh, battles to this day between uh, the, uh, the Bacardi um, uh, company and Havana Club, which is where um, is which is the popular Cuban rum, and uh, their factory is still in Cuba, and it is uh, now being run by the Cuban government. Uh, but <clears throat> I, I sincerely doubt that the Cuban government would nationalize uh, not only American. Um, uh, assets, but any other country's assets because they understand that uh, we're in a global economy. Uh, they, uh, like many other countries around the world, have to rely on trade with other foreign um, uh, countries. And as a result of that, if they were to uh, take the drastic effect of taking over one uh, 
uh, a company's assets, they, I think, understand that that can have a chilling effect uh, not only to uh, the country in which that company comes from or is based out of, but that'll have a chilling effect across the world. And that's the very thing that they don't want. Uh, they, they want to have other countries, uh, or I should say companies from other countries invest in Cuba. And if they were to nationalize any company's uh, assets, uh, it, would, uh, it would be catastrophic for the Cuban economy, which is uh, seeking to uh, grow. So I seriously doubt that would happen. Uh, another question I get is, what is the process for doing business in Cuba? Well, uh, there's no specific process. Uh, there are a number of ways of going about doing it, but here is what I think is the best way to go about doing it. First thing I would say is go to the country, explore it, get a sense of the culture, uh, the people, uh, get a sense of how people operate on the island and uh, determine whether or not this is an environment where you want to do business. Um, the second thing is find out whether or not the Cuban government is interested in your product or service. What is the best way to go about figuring out whether or not they are interested in your product or service? Go to the Cuban Chamber of Commerce. It's in Havana. Uh, you would have to formally ask for a meeting. You have to get a bunch of clearances. Uh, but go there, and uh, when you meet with the chamber, they can introduce you to uh, a number of people who can um, uh, speak with you about whatever your product or service is. Uh, but number one, they can tell you whether or not the Cuban government is in need uh, or is interested in your product or service. Let's assume that they are interested in your product or your service. Uh, the next step would be to uh, provide a a proposal, a letter of intent, or a memorandum of understanding, uh, and submitting that to the Cuban government. How do you do that? Well, you would have to submit it to the Cuban, I'm sorry, to the Cuban embassy, which is based in Washington, D.C. Uh, you would submit it to uh, the Cuban embassy. You would then have a meeting with them, and they will essentially determine whether or not uh, this is a, a feasible project, and if so, uh, the next step would be to uh, meet with the appropriate ministry uh, within the Cuban government. Now, during this process, everything would have to be contingent. Because remember, you can't do business with the Cuban government uh, unless the embargo is lifted or the U.S. government has a general license that you can operate under or the final, you have a specific license to do that business with the Cuban government. Uh, but again, assuming that the Cuban government is interested, you go to the uh, chamber, they say, yes, we're interested in what you uh, have to offer. You then go to the uh, Cuban embassy in Washington, D.C., present them your proposal, they like it. You then meet with the appropriate ministry within the Cuban government, uh, they like the proposal, you negotiate. Again, everything has to, be, has to be contingent upon you having the proper permission from the U.S. government in order to uh, finalize your deal with the uh, Cuban government. 
of course, simultaneously, you would be either seeking to get a specific license if a general license doesn't apply. Uh, and again, you would be either getting that license through the Office of, uh, Foreign, Office of Foreign Assets Control through the Department of Treasury or a BIS license, Bureau of Industry and Security license, uh, which is through the Department of Commerce. The next question, what are the pros and cons of doing business in Cuba? Uh, I'll start with the cons. So uh, one, you have to have a ton of patience. Uh, the Cubans uh, operate very differently from how we operate in the United States. And so it will require a lot of patience. Uh, they have their own form of bureaucracy. Uh, there requires a lot of patience. Uh, uh, channels that um, approvals have to go through and uh, that can take quite a bit of time and if you're not patient uh, it, it will not happen for you uh, there's also you know modifications in the regulations uh, in Cuba uh, this is a good thing because they're in a process of streamlining and making things uh, e more efficient uh, but uh, those changes add more bureaucracy. And so uh, it can cause uh, further delays. I think the pros are that uh, you're in a market that many US companies uh, are simply not operating in. And so uh, here's an opportunity for you to capitalize on a market that you have little competition with, at least as it relates to US companies. Remember, Cuba's doing business with every other country in the world that they possibly can. Uh, it just so happens that they're not doing uh, business with their largest uh, potential partner 90 miles away. Um, uh, another uh, advantage is that uh, Cubans tend to be very loyal, and so uh, it can turn into a very long-lasting relationship, and it's nice to, uh, I, I think, to do business on a uh, uh, tropical island. Next question that I get very often, uh, do I represent any company seeking or doing business in Cuba? Yes. So the uh, steps that I talked about uh, earlier are the steps that I've actually been through and going through uh, for clients. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, it is uh, fascinating. Sometimes it's frustrating. Uh, but all in all, it is an incredible uh, journey. The things that we're learning, the people that we're meeting, um, uh, one deal that we're working on as uh, uh, the head of the commercial department for the uh, Cuban government in Washington, D.C. says if uh, this deal goes through, it would be uh, unprecedented. So uh, we are certainly embarking on some interesting projects. Um, another question that we often get, what are the key factors for doing business in Cuba? I think that's a really good question. Uh, I think the first one is relationships. Uh, the Cubans uh, tend to... Um, they operate very differently. So, um, uh, for example, as, as I mentioned, you know, relationships are very important to them. Uh, they want to know the people who they're doing business with. Uh, they want to know they're doing business with good people. For them, it's not just about doing business. Uh, uh, understand that having a social component, uh, uh, 
to the, your business proposition, I, I think is very important. Uh, remember, this is a, a socialist country. And so if whatever product or service that you're providing uh, has a uh, uh, social component uh, that serves the greater good, uh, then I think that's an, uh, an advantage. Of course, it has to be mutually beneficial, not only for them, but for you as well. Otherwise, um, uh, it's, it doesn't tend to make for any good business deal, whether you're dealing with Cuba uh, or not. And then uh, the other critical factor for doing business in Cuba, I believe I mentioned it earlier, is just having a lot of patience. They just do things differently there. Um, uh, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not so good. It's just different, and it would require uh, you to have a lot of patience. All right, next question. Uh, do you need a, do I need a consultant or a lawyer? Uh, the answer is no. Uh, you're not required to have a lawyer or a consultant um, in the process. Uh, there are pros and cons to uh, having one. Uh, the uh, con is that um, you got to pay for the service, right? Uh, the, the lawyers and consultants spend time, years, develop relationships in order to uh, have access, uh, learn the ropes in order to make things easier for themselves and their clients. Um, uh, the pro of using a consultant or a lawyer is that they can help expedite the process for you. Uh, and by using them, you can... Um, uh, possibly evaluate at a much quicker pace whether or not this is something you should be doing at all, which is something valuable for any business person in looking to uh, enter the Cuban marketplace. And it can help navigate the process uh, a lot more efficiently because uh, they've been down the road. And the last question, uh, I, I, there are many questions, but this is probably the last question um, I'll share with you all today is, can you buy real estate in Cuba? Uh, in Cuba, only Cubans can own real estate. Now, of course, uh, there are ways that people try and do get around that process, uh, whether technically or not. One, you can have an agreement with a Cuban uh, where you uh, buy the property and you own it for a certain amount of time or have a certain percentage of it. But that would be an agreement between you and the actual uh, owner of the property. You as an American or really any person who is not a Cuban uh, national uh, cannot own Cuban property. Uh, another way that people uh, try to get around that process is by marrying a Cuban or um, having a family member uh, buy the property. Uh, my family's from Cuba. Uh, I've talked to my mother about uh, buying property there. So if I were looking to invest uh, in Cuba, I would go to um, uh, family members. There's a residency requirement, so my mother can't do it because she lives in New York uh, and doesn't spend half the year uh, in Cuba, so I would have to get one of my aunts, uncles, or cousins uh, to actually buy the property, and then I would have to seek an arrangement with them to make sure that uh, my interests are uh, protected. So those are the top 10 frequently asked questions that I get about 
doing business in Cuba? There are many, many more questions that I get. Uh, feel free to send me your questions. Uh, I'm happy to answer them. Uh, you can send me uh, a, your, your questions at the uh, Cuba Connection or on any uh, social media platforms from Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn, which are the primary ones that I use. I really appreciate you all joining us in this episode of the Cuban Connection. Again, my name is Felix Chevalier. Please join us in future uh, on our future episodes where we'll talk uh, again about commerce, policy, and trade issues related to Cuba. Until next time, my name is Felix Chevalier with the Cuban Connection. If you haven't already done so, please take a moment to subscribe and leave your comments to the Cuban Connection on whichever podcasting service you use.